0: Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Johnson, pastor of Transform City Church right here in Richmond, Virginia. This is the You Can Transform podcast where you can hear sermons taught by me, my beautiful wife, Pastor Quiana Johnson, and our ministerial team that will help you learn who Jesus has called you to be, heal from what's happened to you in your past, and become all that God has called you to be in your life. Because no matter what you've been through, your life is not over. There's still more ahead of you. So tune in every time that one of these posts to hear sermons that will change you, transform you, help you to catapult you into the destiny that Jesus has for you. We love you. Tune into this episode. Yeah, Hallelujah. Well, welcome to the broadcast. I'm so glad for you to join us tonight for Under the Knife Bible Study, wherever you're joining us from, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram or somebody sent you the link on periscope or on twitter or on on instagram i believe i said that on youtube we're so glad for you to join us tonight this is the day that the lord has made and we shall rejoice and be glad in it i'm so glad for you to join me wherever you are take the moment share the broadcast on your timeline take the link copy it, send it to someone that needs a word tonight because tonight we're going deeper in the word from the topic of disrupting the pattern And I don't know about you, but I know that there's been some patterns that I've been in in my life uh, that have kept me from going to or becoming who God requires me to be for the assignment on my life. And so tonight we're going to dive deeper into the story of Job. Tonight we're going to share what the Lord has given. And we just believe that it's going to bless your life because God is a great God and he has not left us comfortless. He has not left us without authority and dominion and power. And we are so glad that you could join us tonight all over the world. God bless you. Let me know where you're coming from. So listen, I'm solo tonight. So I need you to engage with me in the chat. If you're in one of our chats, I need you to share the the scriptures for somebody that may be watching who's not as quick on the the draw as you you are uh, in, in going to the scripture. I need you to engage with me. I need to feel your love tonight, wherever you are. Uh, Give me some hearts. Give me some engagement because God is going to meet us here. Why not? Because I'm some great wonder, but because the word of the Lord declares that wherever there are two or three gathered in my name, even virtually, that he's there in the midst. and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is another word for freedom, deliverance, healing. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And so I'm so glad that you are joining me tonight so let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. Thank you, Yahweh, that we can do nothing without you, but with you, all things are possible. So we come into this, this sacred space, God, changing and sanctifying this live, God, uh, that your presence will be known here, be sensed here, it will be dispersed here, and that it, people in their homes and on their jobs and in their cars, Lord, that they will feel your presence and that you will let them know that you are real and that you love them and that you're soon to come. Holy Spirit, I release your glory over this live through computer screens and phone screens and tablet screens. I release your glory all over. God, let your will be done. Holy Spirit, I desire that people will see you and hear your voice through my lips. Let your will be done, God, for we can't do it without you. We desire you, Yahweh, like never before, for you are the great and mighty God. And we need you every second of the day. And so now we thank you for being here, Father. I decree and declare that tonight yoke shall be destroyed. Heavy burden shall be lifted. Hearts shall be mended. The blind shall see, the deaf shall hear. The dead will be raised. People will come running. What must I do to be saved? I decree and declare in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, that someone that is scrolling will find this broadcast. And through the grace of Jesus, through the spirit of the living God, their life will forever be altered and they will come to the altar. Hallelujah. And so we thank you for this time in your presence tonight. We glorify you and we honor you in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome, Sister Dominique. God bless you for being on, on with me tonight. God bless you, Sister Tammy, who God is healing her mother right now. Thank God for that, Sister Tammy. God bless you. I believe that naisha God bless you for being on with us on Instagram. Let me know if you're on the line with me. I see more than what's in the chat. Just say hello. Just say, God bless you. I thank you for joining me wherever you're joining me from. God bless you. And so on Sunday, I started uh, this teaching on disrupting the plan. And so we've been coming from the book of Job, talking about how as we serve the Lord, as we are kingdom citizens, that God will disrupt our plan for his plan. And so when we signed up, when we gave our lives to Jesus, when we allowed him to come live in our hearts, we signed up to die to ourselves. And to live for him the bible says in galatians 2 and 20 that we're crucified with christ nevertheless we live yet not us that live but christ that liveth in us the life we now live in the flesh we live by faith of the sub god who loved us and gave himself for us so it is crucial that we understand this life as kingdom citizens as being washed in the blood of the lamb is not about your plan. Is not about what you desire. It's about doing the will of the Lord, the one who saved you, the one who redeemed you while you still have an opportunity to. And by a byproduct of we yielding our will to his is that he will disrupt the plans that we have to give us a better plan. That's good news that no matter what I'm thinking of for myself, the plan of the Lord is always better. It'll always make me happier in the end. It'll always fulfill the inner longing of me to be fulfilled if I allow God's plan to reign and have dominion in my life. And so it's so crucially important that no matter what you're in the midst of, if you have given your life to Jesus today that you get out of your own mind, you get out of your own way about it, and you get into the plan of God for your life. Some of us have been walking with God and we stumbled along the way, but we're still walking. Some of us are going to church, but we know in our heart of hearts that we're still doing us. We're saved, but we're still on our agenda. We're still on our timetable. We're still doing it our way. Submit yourself today to the Lord because you've been fighting a losing battle. The Bible says that when God called Paul and spoke to him when his name was Saul and knocked him off of his beast, he told Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, for it's hard for you to fight against my will. And I come to tell you tonight that no matter what you're trying to do, even if you're building great monuments in the name of God, if you have not included him in your plan, if you have not allowed him to give you his plan, but you just made up a plan and slapped his name on the top, you will be exhausted before you even make it to the finish line. So submit your life to him. Let it go. Whatever you built for yourself, any monument that you built for yourself, let it go and give your life to the Lord for real. Submit your will to his will. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, not my will, Father, but let your will be done. Basically, we're saying, God, I know Yahweh that your plan is greater than mine. It's better than mine. It's bigger than mine. Uh, Ephesians 3 and 20 says, he will do exceeding and abundantly above that which you can ask or think. No matter what the plan you have right now, you may be popping. Everybody may know your name. You may have everybody food They may think that you're, you're, you're a man of God with a D on the end or a woman of God with a D on the end, and you're doing amazing things. But if you, in your heart of hearts, you know that what you're doing, though it may be successful, it's not the plan of the Lord for your life it's time to lay it down. It's time to lay it down. So on Sunday, we talked about the life of Job and I talked about how Job uh, is a a type or a foreshadowing of Christ coming. So the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And so we find Job representing or being a foreshadowing of Christ and not only in a foreshadowing of Christ, but being a foreshadowing of the first Adam. So we find very similar um, similarities between Job and Jesus. Um, but we see uh, Job being the other side of the coin to Jesus. And so what we find is Job hearing the Lord calling him as God's prophet to go to Nineveh to preach the gospel to people who are in sin. And Job does not want to go. So he goes down and, and gets on a ship to Tarshish. Uh, Tarshish, which is the the furthest away, the most remote Phoenician island where trading went on. He was trying to get as far away from God as he could. And so instead of telling God, yes, I'll go for you and I'll do what I want you to do. He represents all humanity in that when the Lord calls us to do something according to what our will is, we'll tell the Lord no and still do us anyway. So Job and, and where we find the contrast of Jesus, who he said, not my will, God. Uh, I, not my will, but your will be done. And notice that Job goes to, the Bible calls it a secluded place in Job 1 to the, the most foreign, most secluded uh, Phoenician Island where Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane, uh, a um, secluded place. And he struggles with God just like Job does. And yet he says, Father, I don't wanna do this, but let your cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then the Bible says that while Job is on this ship, that he's asleep in the bottom of the ship or the galley of the ship and a great storm arises sounds familiar because the bible says that when jesus is jesus was in a, a ship with his disciples and the bible says that he was in the bottom of the ship sleeping and a storm arose job is in the bottom of the, sh- the ship when a storm arises the, the the other people on the ship who are pagans who don't believe in his god are trying to figure out why there's such a storm going on. They All of them are praying to their different gods and nothing is happening. And then they find Job asleep in the bottom of the ship and say, don't you know a storm is going on? Pray to your God. And hopefully he'll reveal to us why this storm has occurred. The same thing we find with Jesus, where his disciples find him asleep in the bottom of the ship. And they go to him and say, don't you know that we're in the midst of the storm? He says that don't you care that his disciples said, don't you care that we perish?" Job said, Job tells the the men that were on his ship, he says to them, he says, you're in the storm because of me, throw me overboard and you'll see that this storm will end. Jesus says that, uh, don't you understand that I am the son of the living God? Jesus gets up and goes and rebukes the winds and the wave and immediately they cease. But Job had to be thrown overboard. And then the storm ceased because of his disobedience, because he was still following his plan The Bible says that then Job was swallowed, uh, God prepared a great fish and Job was uh, swallowed up by the fish and was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Again, a typecast of Jesus because the Bible says that Jesus even prophesied about his death. He says, just as Job was in the, the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, so the son of man must be in the heart of the earth for 3 days and 3 nights. And so even Jesus referenced the story of Job when he talks about being in a secluded place when you're wrestling with the plan of God for your life. Jesus was there because he said yes to God in his plan, and he got the victory in the end where Job was in the the belly of a fish for 3 days and 3 nights because he was running from the plan of God. He was refusing to allow God to disrupt his plan for the plan that God really had for his life. And so then We ended on where Job had repented, told the Lord he was sorry for what he had done. And the Bible says that the Lord allowed caused the fish to spit Job back up on dry land right at the place he first started so that he can make a decision to now deny himself and follow the plan of God for his life and go to Tarshish as God had commanded him to do as the prophet of God, as the minister of God, to teach the gospel to share the the word of the Lord from the Lord to the people of Tarshish. And so now we're at this place where Job is in the Valley of Decision. He's tried running from God and he had found no place of peace. And so now he's back at the place of I'm out of the fish. But what will I do the plan of the Lord (laughs) or will I continue trying to go my own way? And here's the thing. The Lord doesn't twist anybody's arm to do something for him that we don't want to do. The Bible says that if we're willing and obedient, we shall eat the good of the land. Jesus says that if anybody wants to be my disciple, they must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. And so Job is at the place on dry land, probably in his mind thinking, do I try to run again? Or do I go and do what the Lord has called me to do? And in our lives, we all will go through opportunities and situations where the Lord would disrupt our plan and tell us, this is what I require for you to do It's out of love that he causes us to know his will and to know his heart and to know his assignment for our lives. Not so that we He will strike, not so that he will strike us with lightning if we don't do it, but so that when we stand before him one day, we stand before him without excuse. The Lord makes it undeniable what his will is for your life and for my life. And then we have to make the decision out of our heart that we love him, that we trust that his way is best and that we would do what he's called us to do, that we will abandon our plan for his. So I'm just gonna quickly review what I talked about, um, what is God's plan versus our plan. Uh, Number one, I said on Sunday was, the plan of God is connected to the the preservation of not only us, but the preservation of other people. Our plans are mainly self-serving and self-seeking. The plan of God always includes not only your well-being, but the well-being of others. Job was called to go to Tarshish, not just so he could do the will of God, but that a whole nation of people would come to know the Lord in a real way. We, how you can know if it's God's plan or your plan is, is it, does it involve helping other people? Does it involve somebody outside of you? Or is it all about God blessing you and your life and what you want and has nothing to do with what anybody else, what anybody else, or his will or his heart for anybody else? Number two, we talked about on Sunday. Our plans keep us comfortable and squarely in charge. God's plan stretches us and challenges us to go beyond our normal way of thinking and believing um, and forces us to become the follower instead of Lee. I'm sorry, Jonah. I've been saying the wrong name, y'all. Jonah. I apologize. Thank you, Apostle Smith. I said it's Jonah. I've been talking about Jonah. I talked about Jonah on Sunday. Jonah, not Job. Jonah. I apologize. Um, so our plan keeps us comfortable and squarely in charge where God plan stretches us and challenges us to go beyond our normal way of thinking and believing and forces us to become the follower instead of the leader. How you know it's your plan is that you, it keeps you comfortable. Whenever God calls you to do something, it should take you outside of your comfort zone. Jonah, God was calling him. He was in his own city doing his own thing, going, keeping it small, doing what God told him to do there. And the Lord told him, like he told Abraham to leave your comfort zone and go to a place I will show you. And see, that's the way we have to make the decision. Do we want to be comfortable or do we want to be stretched? Sometimes we have felt, felt, heard the leading of the Lord to tell us to leave a place, leave a relationship, leave a job, or even leave a church. And to go to somewhere else where the lord was leading us to go and we stay because all oh, this one all my family is this is where all my friends is even though we're not getting what is required for us to grow and we'll stay right because it's comfortable but how you know you're in the plan of god is because it stretches you it challenges what you think you know it challenge the word of god takes you deeper and it challenges what you but what you've been believing all this time it challenge you thought that you knew everything about god but now God is calling you to go to a people. God called Jonah to go to a people that were in sin, and Jonah thought that God was only calling him to save folks, like some of us do. We we think that God only wants is only concerned about the people that's in this our nationality or in our in our way. But God had called Jonah to go to a people that were rebelling against him. Sometimes we pick and choose who we share the gospel with because we are uh, it, it's uncomfortable for us to go around those people, quote unquote but God will always stretch you. How you know that it's the will of the God, the will of the Lord is that it stretches you to go beyond what you've done before. Come on, the building project is not big enough if you already got all the money. Come on, it's when you gotta believe God and go by. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight, meaning that nothing in the natural lines up with what what God is telling you, but is in alignment with his word, hallelujah to the lamb. And so he stretches us. It causes us to go beyond what we thought, go beyond what we thought we could do, because that's what grace is. Grace is the empowerment of God to do what you can't do on your own. And if you can accomplish everything on your own, you're not walking in grace. You're walking in the flesh. Hallelujah. But when you go out to step out to do something led of the Lord and you see things show up and God extends your territory like he did for Jabez, you have just stepped into grace. Matter of fact, how, you know, I was, I was watching an interview and they were talking about DMX and they were talking about different times when he prayed and everybody knows that DMX had a battle with, with substance abuse. And I believe that he had an assignment on his life in the midst of it. And so some people would say, I just, uh, some people that don't understand here, let me give you a little, a little uh, thing about the Lord. You can know things about the Lord. And because the Bible says in Psalms one thirty nine, all the days of our life are written in your book, O God, meaning that the book about your life, God, is already written, and His is His intention for you while you're in the earth realm. And any time that you begin to step into that assignment, He the anointing goes before you. Oh, come on, somebody. The anointing goes before you. So what do you mean? I was smoking crack cocaine. Yeah, you were smoking crack cocaine. But anytime that you started to pray and you know that God has given you the assignment of an intercessor, the anointing will be on your prayer even when you're not living right. Oh, come on, because anytime that you step into the assignment of God, even if you step back out, when you get in alignment with the assignment of God, even for a moment, the anointing invades that assignment that you're doing. The anointing is not tied necessarily to a person. It's tied to the assignment of God on your life. What do you mean? I was just in, uh, now does that mean that God is okay with your lifestyle? Not at all, not at all. But when you step back into the wheel, when you step back into the assignment of who he created you to be in the earth before the foundation of the world, the anointed begins to flow. So DMX, though he had drug and substances abuse, when he began to pray, because I believe DMX was really called to preach. And because of the, 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 the trauma of his childhood, if you ever do research on DMX, he had a traumatic childhood. Somebody that when his mama kicked him out and put it gave him away and, and put him in um, a, a reform school. Because his mama didn't want to have nothing to do with him just because she hated him. And he said that, that she hated him and told him so. He was, he was living on the streets and an older uh, guy took him under his wing. And he took him under his wing and DMX told the story that at 14 and he cried when he told the story. He told the story not too long ago on BT, that when he gave when this young this other guy that he really looked up to. that was like a father figure in his life. One night they were together and he thought the man was giving him weed to smoke. And the man had laced the weed with crack cocaine. And he said that he got so high that he couldn't come down. And he spent the rest of his life chasing. He said, why was somebody that said they love me? They said that they were looking out for me. Why would they introduce me to something that will ruin my life? Why? Because the devil, though he can't see your future, he can see the handwriting on the wall that there is a hand of God on your life and he's got to mess it up. And so this man was messed up by wrapped up in a demonic activity in his life. But any time that he began to pray because it was a part of the assignment, the intention of God for his life, the anointing, hallelujah, began to flow. And so we're moved as as kingdom citizens, our goal is to move not only in getting in the will and out of the will again, but to get into a flow with God that every day of our life, we can flow in the anointing of God because we're in the assignment that God has given us. Hallelujah. Number three, we talked about how the plan of God requires seasons of of internal movement, external silence, and reflection. The plan of God requires seasons of internal movement, external silence and reflection. Our plan plan requires us to just go off of instinct, emotion and what is currently trending and make sense to the senses. So God's plan for us causes us to get still sometimes and quiet. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. The Bible says that often Jesus will go away and pray all by himself. Because it takes moments of of silence in order for Jonah to get back into the plan of God. The Lord had had a a fish to swallow him up so that he could stop hearing the voices of, of other people. He could stop talking so much and just get still. And when you're in the plan of God, it requires you to get silent. Sometimes some of us talk too much. And when we're talking, we're not confessing the word of God. We confessing our problems. And what's wrong and what God needs to do and why he what, complaining about what he needs to do for us and why he going to make us do this. No, it gets that plan of God requires internal stillness. When everything in you stops fighting against the will of God and you commit yourself to doing the will of God, it, it requires, ex, uh, excuse me, internal movement. It means that you begin to move uh, the, 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 the fish in the story of Jonah as representative of Jonah moving on the inside of a fish. He was moving on the inside of, of, of being pushed into the purpose of God in, in internal movement. I apologize. I said internal stillness, internal movement, external silence and reflection. Reflection is a powerful thing that when you stop asking God from things for things and start uh, start spending time listening for his voice, listening for what the Lord is saying, the Bible says in the day that the Lord speaks, harden not your heart. And hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. Come on in the book of Hebrews. Then the Bible tells in Revelation the same thing. Jesus says in John, ten that my sheep, do hear my voice. and the voice of a stranger, they shall not follow. We have to allow God to speak to us again. I know that we're living in a a time where denominations are saying, oh no, all God has given us is, is his Bible. No, no, no. The Bible says that in the day that you hear his voice, not in the day that you read his voice. Come on, the word of God is the word of God from Genesis to Revelations. I like to call the Bible, it's God's autobiography of his life with man. Hallelujah, so it is God, amen. The Bible says in John 1 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, so he is his word. But he also said that he would speak to me. Hallelujah, he would speak to me. And so we as the kingdom citizens of the most high God awaiting the return of Jesus of Nazareth, we have to get to a place of stillness. Our plan requ- his, his plan, his assignment requires stillness where our plan goes off of instinct. If you feel like doing it, just do it. And we go off of instinct, emotion, or whatever is currently trending. That's why the church, or, or, uh, the church is so confused now all across America, because we go with whatever the trend is now. If, if a famous preacher says it's okay, then boom, we override the word and now it's okay with us. That's how you know you're in your plan when it keeps changing, when we keep moving the bar, when the standard continues to be lowered. It, 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 we know that we're out of the will of God because the plan of God always requires a standard. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift the standard, not lower the standard. He will lift the standard among us. How you know in the plan of God, you're in the plan of God, the assignment of God for your life is that when he calls in the midst of you doing your own thing, He raises a standard. So, okay, you need to come out of that. Come on. It's time for you to do something different. It's time for you to to, to let that go, release that willingly and walk into the plan. One thing that apostle Smith always says uh, to to us as as, as his, his spiritual sons and daughters is that you never go down to where the people are. You always bring people up to the standard that you're living at, that God has directed you to come on. God is a God that loves us with standards. Come on, it's not that you do whatever you want to. That's how you know in your plan, you're in your plan. When you're doing whatever you want to, the plan of God requires a standard and a commitment. Hallelujah. So I said, number four, God's plan requires a change of heart and mind to be accomplished. Our plan requires the building of images to impress and manipulate the thoughts of others. So God's plan requires a change of heart and a change of mind to be accomplished. Whatever the Lord is calling you to do, it's going to require the healing of your heart and the changing of your mind. The Bible says in Romans twelve, which our church is founded on. I, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the re- renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. The Bible says, "Let this mind be." Not that God would automatically input His mind. He said, "You got to let this mind." be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. And so it causes a change of mind in order for Jonah to do the will of the God, he, the will of the Lord. He had to say, yes, Lord, I will go. And that happened in the belly of the fish in Jonah too. He he, he had an experience and encounter with God in the stillness of the belly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the seclusion of the belly of a fish, he said, yes, God, I'll go for you. Lord, I repent. The Bible says in Jonah too. I repent, Lord. I'll do a uh, repentance mean the changing of a mind that's what the word repentance means it doesn't mean telling God i'm sorry that's not the definition of repentance the definition of repentance is a change of mind about it Lord i thought this thing was right i now know that this thing is wrong it's against your way and i i relinquish uh, this thing so that i can do your thing i believe your way is right now it's a change of mind the plan of God requires a change of heart and a change of mind While our plan just means that we Make an image, and to manip- to manipulate people and situations to our advantage. That's what our plan does. So we'll make it look like we got it. Come on, we'll do what 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 we've heard before. We fake it till we make it. We want to make people think we're successful, even when we're not. We want to think that there was a move. of We want to make people think there was a move of God when there won't. We get into theatrics. Come on, we get into just putting together a perception. We got a good website. Come on, we got a good presence on, on Instagram. And we put together this whole illusion to deceive people, to think that we're in the plan of God for our lives when really we are working our plan because nothing in our hearts have changed and nothing in our minds have changed. We're still the same us perpetrating that we're moving forward in the Lord. Oh, come on. God has better for us, people of God. Number five, we said on Sunday, God's plan, which is fueled by love, redirects us back and makes it undeniable of his will for us. Our plan has us feeling around in the dark, wasting resources, wasting time and relationships trying to make it work. So the plan of God, because he loves us, will always redirect us back when we're off course. The Bible says that Jonah, when he repented to the Lord, changed his heart, changed his mind. The fish spit him right back up where he started so that he could go to Tarshish and do what the Lord had called him to do. That's God's love, that God would not leave us stranded somewhere, but that it, because His love, I said that the Holy Spirit is like GPS, even when we get way off course, it says redirecting, rerouting, redirecting, rerouting (laughs) and it reroutes us right back to where God has asked us to be, hallelujah to the lamb. In the plan of God, that's how you know you're in the plan that even because of his grace and his mercy, even when we miss it, it'll redirect us and say redirecting right back to where you should have been all along, hallelujah to the lamb. And And so how we know we're in our plan is that we are wasting resources. Come on. Some of us have have already been millionaires, but we wasted so much money trying to do us, trying to make a round round peg fit into a square hole, trying to make our will God's will. Come on, come on. I I know so many believers uh, that that are walking in a a, a measure of deception where they think that I, I can just do anything and put Jesus' name on it and he will approve it. And my, my response to that is God don't work for you. I live and work for him. The Bible says that we were purchased with the, the high price of the blood of Jesus. And so now I've been redeemed, bought back so that I can do the will of the Lord. It's not about my agenda anymore. It's not about what I think my life should be or, or, or what I think I should be able to do and my freedom and my liberty in Christ that's why that's why the Bible says that the Holy Spirit led Paul to write, all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful, but not all things, all things profit if not. Meaning that in, in Christ, sure, you're free to do a lot of things, but not all these things are for my benefit or for the benefit of the expansion of the kingdom of Christ. That what, that's what we're here for. We've been translated out of the, the, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And we've been we're called to go back. Into the world, not be of it, but go back into the world and compel them to come and say, hey, y'all walking around in darkness. This God has better for you. Come on over here to this kingdom and let the grace that is upon my life be upon your life. God is not a respecter of persons. There's more for you. Though The fish spit Jonah right back up to do the will of the Lord again. So come on, let's go deeper tonight. Jonah three. Jonah, the third chapter. Come on, give me some hearts. Come on, if you're on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever, just give me some comments. Let me know that you're there. Let me know that this word is blessing you. Just say in the chat, I want the plan of God to be fulfilled in my life. I want the plan of God to be fulfilled in my life. Say it, I come on, type it for me. I'm gonna take a pause. It's just me tonight. I want the plan of God to be fulfilled in my life. Hallelujah. Jonah 3. Jonah 3. Jonah 3. Jonah 3. And put in the chat, I want the plan of God to be fulfilled in my life. Hallelujah. The Bible says, if you humble yourself, therefore, in the mighty hand of God, he will exalt you in due time. He will exalt you in due time. He will exalt you. I would rather be exalted to the de- to the degree that God wants me to in the season that God has for me than to try to do it in my own strength and fail a thousand times. His grace is sufficient for me. Hallelujah. I want to go where the grace is. I want to go where the grace meets me. I want to go where the grace meets me. I want to go. I keep saying that I sense that for somebody tonight. I want to be in the place where the grace meets me. Because in our lives we can do a lot of things, but what we need is the grace of God. What we need is the anointing of God. The Bible says the anointing destroys the yoke and lifts the heavy burden. Somebody is in the midst of a trauma right now, and they feel like all hope is lost. Hallelujah to the Lamb! But if you will allow, if you would just allow your will to be submitted to the will of the Lord, you will allow the the grace will meet you right where you are. I want to be where the grace meets me. Hallelujah. Jonah three. And I'm reading from the amplified classic Jonah three. It says, this is after the well spit Jonah up. It says, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach and cry out to the pre- uh, out to it, the preaching that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was exceedingly great city of three days journey, six miles in circumference. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. And he cried yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed in God. I'm sorry, y'all, Lord, I'm all mixed up. He wasn't, he ran to Tarshish. He was going to Nineveh. God had called him to go to Nineveh. He ran to Tarshish to get away from God but he was called to go to Nineveh. Verse five, so the people of Nineveh believed in God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth in penitent mourning from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For word came to the king of Nineveh, all of that, all of that had happened to Jonah and his terrifying message from God. And he arose from his throne and he laid his robe aside, covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he made a proclamation and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell God, who can tell? God may turn and revoke his sentence against us when we have met his terms and turn away from his fierce anger so that we perish not. And God saw their works, that they had turned from their evil way. And God revert, revoked his sentence evil that he had said that he would do to them. And he did not do it, for he was comforted and eased concerning them. So Jonah gets spit up by the fish. He goes God has interrupted his plan he's now going to Nineveh Nineveh was six miles long hallelujah he so it's the, actually it's this half the size of Manhattan because Manhattan is 13 miles long, long so he was he was half the size of the iron of Manhattan that's how big the city was and he goes throughout the city telling people about telling people about the Lord telling them to repent that if they didn't repent that the city will be destroyed and the Ninevites even to the king turned from their evil ways and repented and bowed their knee to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they sat in remorse and repentance for what they had done. And the Bible says that God decided that the city would not be destroyed because of their heart of change. And because that Jonah went in the assignment of God, walked in the assignment of God and did exactly what God told him to do. So number six, number six, God's plan causes the minds and hearts of people to shift toward him and to see him as the center. Our plans, though they may be a godly thing, shifts people's hearts and minds towards us. I'm gonna say it again. God's plan causes the minds and hearts of people to shift toward him and to see him as the center. Our plans, though they may be a godly thing, shifts people's hearts and minds towards us. Jonah gets out of his plan to only go to the people that he desires to go to. And he gets into the plan of the Lord. And because he's in the plan of the Lord, how you know you're in the plan of the Lord is that when people's hearts and minds shift, they don't shift towards you. They shift towards God. Oh, that's a word in and of itself. Because we live in a day and in a time where a lot of people are not caring about getting people's eyes on Jesus. They're caring about getting their eyes on them so they can build their ministry, so they can build their their platform, so they can get all the followers that they want, so that people will see them as a great wonder like Simon the sorcerer in the book of Acts. They want people to see them as some, some great thing. It's how you know, how you can always judge your own heart. Come on, the Bible tells us to judge our own hearts. Jesus said that we should do it before we take communion. Come on, be real with yourself. Be honest. Don't deceive your own self. Be be real with your own self. Is what you're doing is the plan that you're following? Putting people's eyes on you, or is it putting their eyes on the Lord? Come on, when you talk, when your speeches come out, when your word come out, when your product comes out, does it show the glory of God or does it show the glory of you? Cause the plan of the Lord, when Jonah began to say what the Lord told him to say, nobody mentioned Jonah's name in Jonah three. They began to repent to the Lord. They began to draw close to the Lord. How you know it's your plan is that when you're seen, though, it may be a godly thing. Oh, this is a good thing. Because a lot of a lot of people believe that as long as I'm doing it in the name of the Lord, it's going to draw attention to the Lord. But our hearts are centered on and drawing people to us. Lord, let it, let people see me. God, let them see how talented I am, how gifted I am, how, how much of a preaching machine I am. How, Lord, how, how I should be on TV and how I should be on, on, on Daystar and how I should be on TBN and how my products should be in the stores and how I should have the best husband or the best wife. Come on. They should see my swag. Come on. And so we find ourselves, hallelujah. We find ourselves at the center of what we said was God's plan or assignment for our life. And so God comes to disrupt it and says, no, if it's going to be my plan, nobody can get the glory but me. I won't allow you to usurp my glory. Because even if it's a God, that's what Jesus meant when he said that many people will come to me in that day and say, Lord, I cast out demons in your name. I lay hands on the sick and they did recover, meaning that I had a measure of success. Lord. And Jesus will say, depart from me. I never knew you. The things that you did were unauthorized. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that I was doing a bunch of stuff in the name of the Lord, doing some things that seem like godly things that are in line with the word. That's why we gotta hear his voice because I can be doing things, and I use the example on Sunday, that if I go out and start a homeless shelter, though it's a good thing, but it's not according to the book in Psalms 139 that God has written about my life. And I mean, we're all supposed to feed the poor, but if I go out and, and establish something to make my name great in the earth so that I can be remembered, so that I can be seen as a philanthropist in the earth and God is not written it about my life. Then when I stand before the Lord, the Lord will say, I didn't authorize that. So there's no reward in that. I didn't authorize you to do that. You're tapping into somebody else's anointing. You're tapping into somebody else's assignment and it's not out of a pure place. You're doing it because you want your name to be great. It's not so that people will see me. You want people to see you. Jonah went to Nineveh in the name of the Lord, not in the name of Jonah. Hallelujah to the lamb. And the result of him going in his assignment in the plan, allowing God to disrupt his plan for the plan of the Lord. Hallelujah. He saw a whole nation, not even just the people, but the king made a decree that even the animals needed to repent, my God. Even the animals had to repent Had to wear some sackcloth and ashes. That even a whole nation that Jonah said, this is not in my plan. I don't want to do this. But because he gave, he allowed God to disrupt his plan for the plan that would extend the kingdom of Christ. A whole nation turned to the Lord. Hallelujah to the lamb. How many nations are waiting on you to say yes to God? Hallelujah. How many people? are waiting on you to lay down your plan for the plan of the Lord. How many people are waiting on you to stop doing your way? Stop doing your thing. Stop lifting up your name. Stop trying to build your ministry. Stop trying to let people see you as a good wonder. Stop trying to push your product. Stop trying to put Jesus's name on it, but you are the center of it. They're wait, The nations are waiting for you. The Bible says that Sarah, when God called Abram and Sarai, that he told Sarah that you would have a child and Sarai laughed. But then when she finally agreed with the plan of God and said, Lord, I'll allow, allow you to disrupt my plan of giving him my hand, sir, my handmaid. Hallelujah. And I will allow you, God, to do whatever you want to do with me, even though I'm old, I will allow your plan in my life. The Bible says that God changed her name to Sarah, which means mother of nations. And that mother of nations birthed out the nation of Israel. A nation was waiting on her to give God her yes. Eh. A nation, a kingdom unto the most high God was waiting to be birthed through her by her allowing her way what she thought was best. What she thought was the limitations of what God could do, to be pushed out of the way for the plan of the Lord. Hallelujah. So let's go to Jonah 4. Jonah 4. Jonah has gone. Hallelujah. He has done what the Lord has told him to do. Jonah 4 and 1. Jonah 4 and 1. It says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, I pray you, O Lord, is not this just what I said when I was still in my country? That is why I, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and a merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And when sinners turn to you and meet your conditions, you revoke the sentence of evil against them. Therefore, now, O Lord, I beseech you, take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said then said the Lord, do you, do you Uh, excuse me, do you do well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and he made a booth there for himself. He sat there under it in the shade till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to deliver him from his his evil situation. So Jonah was exceedingly glad to have the protection of the gourd, but God prepared a cut worm when the morning dawned the next day and it smote the gourd so that it withered. And when the sun arose, God prepared a sultry east wind and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah so that he fainted and wishing himself to die and said, it is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, "Do, do you do well to be angry for the loss of the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, angry enough to die. Then said to the Lord, then said the Lord, you have had pity on the ground for which you have not labored nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night and should not I spare Nineveh that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons, not yet old enough, know their right hand from their left and also many cattle not accountable for sin. So Jonah does what the Lord tells him to do. And then he gets angry when grace and mercy shows up, we have to be careful of who we think is good enough for God to save, for God to transform and for God to use. Jonah said, I would rather have died than seeing these people come to the Lord. Come on, that shows that there's a heart issue going on, that you would rather see people destroyed than see them come into the kingdom of God. Some of us have a a, who we we got a high mindedness about ourselves that we think we know better than God and the same mercy that met you. We won't extend to other people. And so Jonah gets so mad that he leaves the city. He to sit on the outside and pout. And the Bible says that God allowed a plant to grow over Jonah, a big leaf to grow over him in the the hot summer, a hot sun. And the Bible says that Jonah was comforted by that gourd and he sits under, he sleep under it all night. And then the Lord allowed a worm to come and eat the gourd till it shriveled up and died. And the sun beat upon Jonah and Jonah got mad because the, the plant had died. And then God spoke to him, disrupted his plan again. His plan was to die because he was mad. God disrupted his plan again and gave revelation Again, his, God's plan always extends you, always makes you go beyond what you think. What you think is, 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 is the right thing because the Bible says his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. His is higher than ours. Amen. And the Bible says that God said, Jonah, you exceedingly worked up and mad that a plant died, but you had no love or care for people. It's a dangerous thing to say you speak for God, but not love folks. Oh, oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Gone are the days where a generation is looking for a prof- a mean prophet. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Gone are the days that the people of God can tolerate a hateful prophet that tears people down instead of building them up. Hallelujah. Jonah was more mad that a plant that had no spirit and has no soul died than it was for a whole nation of over 120,000 people to die. That's how I know that you can have a title and still not love folks. You can have an assignment and still not have the heart of God. Oh, you can have gifts and talents and work miracles and not have the heart of God. And because God loves us all, he'll work with us and keep speaking to us over and over again, hoping that we'll get out of our plan and back into his plan. And again, a part of God's plan is to change you while he's using you to change others. Oh, that's a word right there. Hallelujah. He will change. God's plan is to change you while he's using you to change others. If you're with me, put in the chat, Lord, please change me. Lord, please change me. So Number seven, number seven, God's plan is always centered on the big picture of expanding the kingdom of Christ. Our plan center on what we believe is best, best with our restricted and finite knowledge and scope. God's plan is always centered on the big picture of expanding the kingdom of Christ. Our plan center on what we believe is best with our restricted and finite knowledge and scope. Jonah thought he knew what was best. He thought that they didn't deserve to be saved. He thought that they weren't good enough to be saved. And so how, you know, you're in the plan of God is that you get the big picture of what's on God's mind. The Bible says that no, no man can know the mind of God, save his own spirit. And it says, but we have the, uh, the mind of Christ because we have the Holy spirit living on the inside of us. And so we, By tapping into God's plan for our lives, we can get the mind of the big picture that he has concerning a people, concerning a thing, concerning an assignment. And getting that, it always goes beyond us. How you know you're in your your plan? Because it's too small. It's finite. It keeps the focus very low. It keeps it very restricted to your four and no more. Come on. But the plan of God. Always, how you know you're in the plan of God is that you get God's mind about it. You can say, yeah, Lord, I may be inconvenienced for the moment, but Lord, whatever you want is what I desire. Yeah, God is not what I would want for myself, but Lord, your plan, your heart is what I desire. Hallelujah. I said this before one night. Um, I The revelation that I have about the story of David Um, is that I think that when the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart, it doesn't mean that he had the heart of God. I believe that it means that David's intention was that God, wherever your heart is, that's where I want to be. Cause we saw David do some things that weren't right. They were contrary to God, but we kept finding, keep kept seeing David refine the heart of God. Oh God, your heart is not in this thing. Then I'll leave it alone. Oh God, your heart. Wasn't in me having Bathsheba's husband killed. Oh God, I repent and I'll find your heart again. God is looking for a people that want to do his, want to do his will, but they want to do it where his heart is. Oh, it's not about God Lord, it may not be what I have in mind for myself, but I want to be a man after your own heart, wherever your heart is, meaning wherever your concern is, God, that's what my concern is. Whatever, Lord, you need in this moment in the earth, that's where my concern is. Listen, hallelujah. I didn't want to be nobody pastor. Lord knows I didn't. Lord know, Lord knows I didn't want to be nobody pastor. But as being a kingdom citizen, wherever his heart is, is where I want to be. And so though it may not have been my plan, when I heard the Lord call me, I had to say, God, wherever your heart is, that's where I want to be. It's not about you liking it, not about it being inside your scope of your own mind or what your life would be like. But it's tied to Lord. I died to myself that I may live unto you, that your will could be done through my life. That wherever I find your heart, that becomes the desire of my heart. Hallelujah. Number eight. God's plan requires a transformation of the heart to now include compassion, mercy, and love. Rejoicing when the truth wins. Our plan requires, requires distort, distortion of our view of ourselves and others. God's plan requires a transformation of the heart to now include compassion, mercy, and love. Our plan, our plan requires a distortion of our view of ourselves and others. And so God's plan, Jonah had no compassion, had no love. He had had more compassion for an inanimate object than he did for people. And it's amazing to me how many of us care more about things than we do about people. How does that look, Pastor? How does that show up in my life? Is when you can see the need of somebody that has something and it's within your, your will to do it. excuse me, in your, in your, um, your scope to be able to do it. And you just simply don't do it. It's when you could apologize and get it right. But because of pride, you let the relationship stay broken. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah to the lamb. Hallelujah is when you know that you heard the Lord speak to you concerning their life. And because you're mad at him, you watch him walk right off of the cliff instead of saying something. Oh, help me, Holy Spirit. Our plan distorts our view and our vision of how we see ourselves and others. Jonah saw himself as the victim. Therefore, he could have no compassion. The Bible says, keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He put his eyes on himself. Look at what I'm going through. Lord, look what you have done, done to me. Lord, I can't believe that I'm out here. Lord, I can't believe you do this for those people. It distorts your view. You begin to see yourself not as a reflection of Christ, but someone separate. Someone that got his own way of doing things. And here, that's the thing. That's the lot that gotten got into the body of Christ. Even though we can do our own way as kingdom, do our own thing as kingdom citizens, our requirement of the constitution of the kingdom, which is the word of God, is that we would do what God wants us to do. We are ambassadors for him meaning that we're living in a foreign nation to represent our kingdom to the best of our ability. I don't choose to do just what I wanna do. I gotta do what the Lord has called me to do. What is assignment for me is what's written in this book about my life because that's how in the eternity I'll have rewards. And the greatest reward any of us can have is that people to walk up to us in heaven and say I'm here because of what you, what the Lord used you to do in my life. I was I was on my way to hell and God sent you to Nineveh in one word that the Lord said transform my way of being that's the greatest reward any of us can get that when we stand before the father and we living in our mansion that people will line up at our door they line up at our mansion door and say I'm just wanted to stop by and say thank you that you weren't selfish enough that you weren't too selfish and you allowed the Lord to use you I'm walking in the pearly gates, walking in streets of gold, walking in life everlasting because you said yes to the plan of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One. uh, Why is it so hard for people to be more sensitive to our own interests than to spiritual needs of people around us? Uh, I saw answer that question before I get to my last point, Sister Tammy. It's because we've spent time catering and feeding our flesh. Whatever you feed will grow. So if you feed your flesh, I'm gonna put that question up so people know what I'm talking about. If you feed your flesh, then everything about you, the Bible says in Romans 6, 16, don't you know who you yield yourself, your members to? Are you servants to obey? Meaning that if I yield, if I cater to my emotions, if I cater to my own thoughts that are not in alignment with the word of God, If I cater to my old man, my old way of doing it, my opinion about it, that is contrary to the word of God, then I become more sensitive to my emotions than I do to the word of God. Whatever you yield yourself to, the the sensitivity will increase to. Amen. So if I want to be sensitive to the things of God, to people, to God's heart for people, I got to yield myself to the word of God. Whenever I see a conflict in my way of thinking in the word of God, I got to choose the word. Whenever there's a conflict in the way I feel about it in the word of God, I got to choose the word. Whenever I feel like doing my own thing, but I know that the word is telling me to do something different, God speaks to me and tells me to do something different, I got to choose the word of God. And then I become more sensitive to the things that are important to God than the things that are important to me. It takes denial. As I talked about earlier, Jesus says, anybody that wants to be my disciple, wants to be my follower, they have to deny themselves, pick up my cross or their cross and follow me. Meaning that it's no, no that's why Jesus told, as he called some of his disciples to him, one of his disciples said, well, Jesus, I'll come and follow you. Let me just go and bar, go and bury my father. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Meaning let the old things go to embrace who I've called you to be for such a time as this. Hallelujah. Last point. God's plan requires a shift in perspective. Our plan requires a product. The world teaches us just get get out there. and I don't know where there is. just get out there. do something. step out, step out there, do something. put something out. Hallelujah. do, do something, do something. that's all right. God'll figure it out as you go. Do something. but in, in, in how you find is that you're always putting out something. But the fruit of the kingdom of God is people coming to know the Lord Jesus. Some of us don't have no success rate. We're winning people to Christ, but we got a whole bunch of stuff that we doing. The plan of God requires a shift of perspective. It's not I can have a product, but if that product doesn't draw people to the cross, if they don't see Jesus, then I'm in the wrong place. Hallelujah. If the product that if I have a thousand things out and nobody bows their knee and said, Jesus is Lord. If I have a million, a million things out and it's selling like hotcakes, but nobody says my life has been changed because of the Lord, then I have a product when what I really need is a shift in perspective. The Bible says what only what you do for Christ and what that means is only what you do that's been orchestrated, guided by, prompted by, and led by Christ will last. I got to I got to have my perspective shifted. Jonah had to have his perspective shifted. They said, Jonah, it's not about you. It's not about what you think is right. It's not about what you think is is best. You got to stop thinking so small that you would get mad about a plant. But a whole city can go to hell and you could care less. One hundred and twenty thousand people were marching to hell and I used you. To speak a word to them that caused the nation to repent. Yet you got mad about that. But was un, but I got you got mad about that. But had compassion for a plant. Come on, I know people that have more compassion for animals than they do for people. I know more people that will pick up a dog that's in the middle of the highway and take them home. And nurse them back to health. And give them food. But we walk by homeless people every day and won't do nothing for them. I ain't saying you gotta give them money, but we don't even go to Kentucky Fried Chicken that we gonna pass on the way there to get them something to eat. But we can see a stray cat, hallelujah, stuck in a drain and we will take take, take off work, get our clothes dirty, call the fire, the fire department and we'll get all involved, raise money. But we see people with holes in their shoes And nothing in us is touched. We got to get a perspective change. We got to get our mind, on the as the Bible says, on the realities of heaven. We're too earthly minded. You know, there's nowhere in scripture where it says that if you're too heavenly minded, you know, earthly good. That's something that the world has translated over to the church and we believed it. The word of the word of the Lord says, set your mind on the realities of heaven. And you won't fulfill the you won't walk and fulfill the lust of the flesh. Where Christ Jesus sits. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. And I'm gonna go deeper at another time because when I want to talk about the role of prophets, because like Jonah, the Lord, the Lord has anointed prophets and prophetic people to interrupt the patterns of your life. Prophets come in at times in your life where you are confused or you think you're doing the right thing and the Lord will use them it, it, through the love of God to speak a word to you that disrupts the pattern that you in, disrupts the plan that you're in and it interjects the word and the will of the Lord for you to make a decision. Again, God don't twist nobody on, but he interjects himself in your life to give you the opportunity to make another decision, a godly decision that will not only benefit you, but that will save nations and call nations to repentance unto the Lord God that would expand the kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 I pray this word has blessed your life tonight. I pray this word has shifted your thinking. I pray right now, even the Holy Spirit is still speaking to you about it. I just pray that as you go to bed tonight, that the Holy Spirit will teach you in your dreams and give you visions and dreams. For the word of God declares that in the last days he shall pour his spirit upon all flesh and our sons and our daughters will prophesy. Our old men will dream dreams. Our young men will, will see visions. I decree and declare over your life that visions and dreams are coming. Hallelujah. 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 So, you know, scrolling at the bottom of your screen, there's several ways that you can give on tonight. We know that as kingdom citizens, if you're a bloodwashed believer, if you've given your life to the Lord, we are kingdom citizens. And as kingdom citizens, our requirement is that we would fund the agenda and the expansion of the kingdom of Christ. How is the kingdom expanded? Through the word, whether it's on a street corner, whether it's behind a pulpit or whether it's on a live stream. Anytime that the word of God goes forth in faith, we are putting out seeds putting out lassos and pulling people into the kingdom of Christ. So as kingdom citizens, we are required by our King to support the efforts of the expansion of the kingdom. Hallelujah. And so on the bottom of your screen, there's several ways that you can give if you don't have a church home or if, if you don't have a church home or if the you feel the stirring of the Lord to join TCC, you can join as an in-person member or a streaming member, meaning that you're not in the Richmond area, but I still want to be a part of the church. You can because there is no distance in the spirit. We will counsel you. We will pastor you. You'll be involved in all the activities that, that you feel led to. You can come to the building whenever you can. You can grow. You can learn and you can become who God needs you to be in the earth so that the kingdom of Christ can be expanded. Just head over to our website with the information at the bottom of your screen. join. We would love to have you. And over the last couple of weeks, we've had several families to join our church and it's marvelous in our sight. I never take it lightly for anybody to join TCC because I know that this is a ministry not called of me, but called of God for such a time as this. And so however God asks to the church, at whatever rate he asks to the church, it's always wonderful in my sight because I just want your life. I, I just, my prayer for people, is that they would meet the Lord for real and that their lives will be changed, not because I'm some great wonder, but because I truly am fully persuaded that Jesus is the only way and he's able to take your mess and make a masterpiece out of it. Hallelujah to the lamb. And so if your vision is if your vision or the plan of God, you feel is linked to ours. Join us. Every kingdom citizen needs a needs a pastor, needs someone to lead them, need someone to shepherd them. Not to lord over them, but to help them to get into the plan of God and stay there through teaching, through love, through correction, through direction, through the life we live in front of you. And so I'm so grateful for you joining us tonight. So we know any time that I teach, we always confess. So we're gonna take a moment and confess right now uh, before we have some announcements. So stay on the line. Don't step away. So let's close our eyes. Let's decree and declare. If you've heard the word, you believe it and you receive it, repeat after me, I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that the plan of God for my life is the only plan that I will follow. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus of Nazareth that the way of the Father is the way for my life. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that it exalted itself against me and the assignment of God for my life shall not prosper. It shall, it is already condemned. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that I would deny myself, I would take up my cross and I will follow Jesus all the days of my life. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that I renounce all other plans except for the plan of the Lord for my life. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that I renounce all allegiances to everything and everyone that fights against the assignment of the Lord for my life. Hallelujah. I decree and declare in the name of Jesus that I will allow the Lord to shift my perspective, renew my mind and change my heart that I would only see like God sees, that I would only hear and obey the voice of the Lord. And I would only become who God intended me to be from the foundations of the world. Thank you, Lord, for welcoming me into your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, that the best is still yet to come in my life. You, God, get the glory out of my life. I thank God for you joining me tonight. God is a great God and he's not done with you or I yet. The best is still yet to come. Our ladder shall be greater than our past. Don't even fear COVID. Don't fear the vaccine. For though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 at your right hand, no evil a place shall come now your dwelling place. Our reward for trusting in God shall be long life. And he's given us his salvation. Hallelujah. I speak blessings over you, healing over you, deliverance over you for God is with you and he's coming again soon for you and I.